Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. Firmly in Halloween month. Yeah, well into it. This is the first Halloween podcast, I guess? Kinda. Yeah, we had Leon last week and one, shockingly, didn't talk about Star Wars at all. No. And two, kind of got distracted just talking about other stuff, so didn't mention Halloween month. But yeah, as of now, we've had our... 40th anniversary screening of Evil Dead, and that kicked things off. Classic. And then we've got seven more horror movies at least throughout the month. I guess Lee did briefly mention Star Wars when he talked about that actress who's working with Mel Gibson in a movie. Oh, yeah. And she played so. I don't know how he manages to pull that up. Like, he'll be like, oh, you know the name, and it's some random name I don't know. And he's like, yeah, you know, she played another Star Wars random <laughs> name I've never heard of, yeah. you know, for like two seconds. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's. Admiral Bashra or something. He could be making up both points. Yeah, and I would never know. I just trust him to be telling the truth. And he's too excited to tell us the truth about Star Wars. So I don't think he would ever pull a fast one like that. I asked my friend who worked on the previous Mel Gibson movie that shot in town if she was working on this new one. And she is not. So she has no new hot gossip for us. Damn, not yet anyway. Not yet. What if they get desperate and they're like, what we really need is someone who's worked with Mel before in this town. She did say working with Mel was fine. He was very nice. But then, of course, you know, we not to be glass half empty on the situation, but we know you can be very nice singularly yeah, and still be a bad person behind the scenes. Yeah, and I feel like he kind of like has to be nice, especially because, I mean, Lee said, you know, he loves Ottawa and Canada, presumably. So, I mean, I don't know. He's probably just, maybe he's changed. I don't know. I'm trying to find like... <laughs> I remember they were talking about Lethal Weapon 5. Yeah. But now old Richard Donner has passed away. Mm, oh, that's true. The yeah. great Richard Donner. So maybe that was the last key to be like, well, we're probably not going to bother. Well, yeah, because COVID probably cost us that, I guess, because I, I think they were going to start working on that last year. Interesting. Yeah. And now, I mean, I could still see them doing it, frankly. Like, I mean, it would be nice if it was Richard Donner, but I think if they if the numbers crunch correctly, they're going to find a way to do it. Yeah, and I mean, who knows how real that was, because forever there have been talks of a Goonies sequel. Mm -hmm. Forever. And I don't know if that had any truth behind it at all. That could have just been the wishes of nerds like me saying, I want a Goonies sequel. Yeah, and everything's getting, like, reboots or soft reboots nowadays, you know? And so, I mean, and they've been doing, like, there's so much stuff coming out of the Indiana Jones camp that I don't even know what to believe anymore. Like, yeah. I, I know they're making it, but I, it was like, oh, the, this is the new indie. No, this is, you know, and you're just like, I, I, I don't care. Just make a good movie. You know? I've seen photos. I know they're doing it. Yeah, it does exist seemingly. So I, I don't know how, like, that must take, on a non-COVID world, that would probably still take three years to make or whatever, yeah. you know. So I have no clue what's going to go on. But speaking of remakes and stuff, Gwen and I have been going through Halloween at-home watching when not here watching stuff, and on Shout Factory TV, which I really love, which I don't understand the business model of because there's no commercials or anything. It's just free nerd stuff. Mystery Science Theater and old marionette sci-fi shows <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. The best kind. So there they had on Ben for a long time, but I never watched it because I hadn't seen the original Willard. Mm -hmm. So the original Willard just popped up to give plugs to other stuff, but it's okay. It's a library. It's it's the <laughs> library website, Canopy. So last night we watched the original 1971 Willard. And I had seen the more recent one yeah, with, with our the, friend Crispin. Yeah, right? Friend of the Mayfair. <laughs> and that's I got 
Crispin autographed that for me, actually, the DVD for Willard. And that's a whole other funny story is that was early on when Gwen and I were dating. And Crispin Glover, for an eccentric fellow, couldn't be nicer. Mm-hmm. Gwen and I had come to see one of his two films, and then she had some excuse she was working or something, so she couldn't make the second film that he was doing his Q&A, poetry, <laughs> you know, intro, outro. Yeah, and then You never she- know what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> so he is really great to his fans, and he signed autographs forever, like mm. until every single person, it, like nobody, it's not like he left with 50 people in line or 10 people in line. He was autographing his books and posters and DVDs, and he wasn't snobby about autographing a Friday the 13th DVD or something like that. Mm-hmm. But on the Willard DVD he signed for me, he wrote like a paragraph, and it was like, Dear Josh and Gwen, thanks for having me at the Mayfair. Looking forward to seeing you again soon. Your friend, Crispin. And that was when Gwen and I were just dating. Mm-hmm. So I brought that dvd next time i saw her and i said well crispin glover just put us to the next level of our relationship because now we have a shared autograph dvd and, and a shared favorite movie of yeah. the willard remake <laughs> yeah so anyhow willard is from 1971 i'd never seen it seen the new one really like the new one and 1971 you think they were at least 50 or 60 years in to knowing how to make a movie yeah and every once in a while and of course there's movies before that, Maltese Falcon, Wizard of Oz, whatever. That's, where, that's it, just those that's two. That's those two, <laughs> where, where they had stuff figured out. But you watch Willard, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just like they didn't know how to make a movie yet in 1971. It has this really soft, peppy Hollywood score, really happy score. It isn't a horror film throughout the most of it. It's just a guy hanging out with rats. Like a weird guy, I guess. But then the last 10 or 15 minutes goes full-blown creepy horror. I don't know who their audience was. Like, it's very strange. And Gwen was, like, watching it going, like, when does it become a horror film? And she doesn't like horror films. Yeah, so this is good for her in a way. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know if people were much more squeamish 50 years ago. And just the thought of having a rat on screen was something. Yeah. But it's weird you watch movies like that. Like, the pacing's off. The music's off. It's just strange. And Mm. then you watch the remake, and I'm like, well, to me, this is another example of the remake being better than the original. Yeah, which I guess in some ways isn't saying much because like of yeah, of how lackluster the original is, but I mean, wouldn't surprise me if that was just a like drive-in type movie, you know, where they just throw that on with something else and you're just like, "Ah, whatever, you know, it is what it is." <laughs> and it did well enough to garner a sequel, so it must have made a couple dollars. Yeah, like not that long after, I feel like, Ben, like a couple of years or was it like I think a year. Okay, yeah. I, I believe it was 7172, so okay. The numbers of opening weekend at the drive-in must have come in, I and they guess. were like, "Let's go." That's so. So, did you watch Ben yet? No, and I'm kind of hesitant to, but also kind of feel like I should check it out to see what the sequel. I think is a little bit more horror edged because Ben is the evil rat. Spoiler alert! Yeah, Ben's the is, bad guy. Like the Michael Jackson song is based on that movie, is it not? Correct. Okay, that's what I thought. And that's where the movie got a lot of publicity because that was Michael Jackson. What was it? Kind of post Jackson Five or during? Like, yeah, because his I think his first album was seventy one or something like that. Like when he was a kid, still. But it was ten years before Thriller. Yeah, yeah, and like he wasn't. You know, they knew he was special, but they didn't know exactly. You know, like he still wasn't like a singular hit maker at that point. And I I think think that I always never bother checking the internet right now because I'd rather just keep talking. But (laughs) 
I think that was like nominated for an Oscar or a Grammy or something. So it got this weird little B movie some awards cred. Yeah, and it's funny when stuff like that happens because like like Maniac was written for the movie Maniac. Like you're a maniac, you know, and like and they that's kind of just been so distanced from that, and like it just been its own thing. Like most people don't even know there was a connection there. I found that out. It's funny you brought that up. I found that out recently because this podcast Twitter feed I really love called The Retroist did a little segment on that saying that it was a song for Maniac Mm -hmm. and then a producer was looking at a bunch of songs had the Flashdance movie and went this will sound good in Flashdance and just used it (sighs) but it was supposed to be for a horror film. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah, and especially the tone. I mean, it's not... Especially, like, that movie, like, good lord. The original... I mean, both the remake as well with Elijah Wood, which I think is actually the better movie. But they're both unsettling, creepy movies. They, you feel kind of dirty, especially watching the original. It's just so, like, 70s, like, gross, you know, stuff. And yeah. so it's funny to think of, like, an upbeat pop tune. Like, it makes me think of, like, the Mutilator theme song that's like this pop tune (laughs) out of nowhere you're just it's i mean i guess it's good for like pulling the rug out from under you or something but i just can't imagine maniac in maniac like i don't even know that like there are supermodels and stuff in it and he's like a i don't know he's not even a photographer he's like a creepy guy i can't i don't know they like some of the models fall for this creepy guy like joe spinell like rest in peace but you know not the like he seems weird and creepy and and you're like i don't know maybe if we had that song maniac playing this wouldn't seem so weird yeah, and it's just another thing to show that, as I, I as I joke, we didn't figure out how to make movies until, like, the 90s or something. Even you watch trailers, and you watch trailers of stuff I love, like Poltergeist or Ghostbusters, and they're just off. Like, they're too long, they oh, have yeah. too much talk over them. They either tell way too much or are just going, like, starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, but they got that kind of TV voice to them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was until trailers like... Clerks and Pulp Fiction, kind of mid-90s. I don't know what the switch was, but they really got more of a cinematic feel to them. And even you watch, like, we screened the trailer for Empire Strikes Back when we were screening Empire Strikes Back last year. And it was a trailer I hadn't seen before that bizarrely has Harrison Ford doing the voiceover. Mm -hmm. And I think it was one of those things where George just again went, hey, Harrison, come over here and do this for us. And it just has Harrison doing this news announcer voice. And going like, join us for a brand new Star Wars adventure. <laughs> and you compare that to the trailers for the prequels or for the the Disney trilogy. Those trailers are just these great edgier seat yeah. anticipation. Yeah, to the point where they did like modern versions of the old trailers. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of like the like Rogue One, I think, was kind of the template. And so it's funny, like even just... And it's so hard. You really try to separate yourself because you're like, okay, I'm of this time. So I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, this time is the best time or something. But it really seems, especially for trailers, that they just, they're events now, you know? Yeah. Almost as much as the movies themselves. And, and man, those, yeah, like some of them are, like some of those five-minute trailers from the 70s are just grueling. <laughs> and then there's weird stuff where they'll be like, we have a special, they don't even call it a trailer, but it was for, I think it was for Dark Knight Rises. 
they stuck like a seven or eight minute clip of the film. Oh, I think it was like the opening scene, like yeah. with the plane or whatever. So they're like, come see this other Warner Brothers movie and we're just going to let you watch the first eight minutes of the movie. Which I don't get like that. And that's become a thing. They'll be like, watch the opening scene of Blank. I'm like, why? Sure, I don't want like to. I've never heard of or whatever, I guess maybe. But then for me, I'm like, okay, well, if it looks good, then am I fast forwarding? the? Well, if I'm seeing the theater, I can't. But you know, if I see it at home, am I just going to skip the opening scene because I've already seen it? I almost would rather just watch watch a short trailer or something and be like, okay, or, or word of mouth or whatever. Cause like now what, like I've blown the first 10 minutes of the movie, you know, like I remember a couple of examples, but I managed to, I'm pretty good at this, but I managed to watch the first Avengers movie without seeing a trailer. And the reason being is cause I don't go to the multiplex that much. So I'll only catch multiplex type trailers when I go see a star Wars or a Marvel movie mm-hmm. a couple times a year. And I'm so glad I saw the movie first because there was half a dozen like real big cinematic moments that I got to be surprised by. Mm -hmm. And I remember for Aladdin, for the animated Aladdin, there was a trailer that was just the movie, like A, B, C, D, E. (sighs) And the last part of the trailer was the last scene in the movie. And I remember seeing that in theaters years back after having seen Aladdin and just being shocked and being like, wow, I'm glad I didn't see that before watching the movie because that's the whole movie. Yeah, is it just like because they don't want to make kids upset or something? Like, you're like, don't worry, everything's fine. Like, Jafar's, they'll, they'll beat him. I think there's some mindset. There's two kinds of trailers. The true teaser trailer mm-hmm. or there's, you know, people who look into this, people who study this. There are some people who, it's almost like looking at the last page of the mystery book before yeah. reading it. They don't mind. They'll read the whole thing. And having the past few years putting the news of upcoming films on our website and social media, my routine is I'll make up the little poster and I'll say it won these awards and find a couple quotes. But sometimes if it's a movie I haven't seen yet, I kind of squint through the reviews and just it's it's not too hard. You kind of go to the last paragraph and it says like, this is one of the best movies of the year. And you can kind of just find quotes like that. But there's some critics who just say exactly what they saw like they're writing a report for school it's Mm -hmm. it's the complete book report it's everything and i was like i don't want to read that we just booked i think it's just pronounced titan i I can never tell if it's titan yeah there's an e on it there's an e so is it titan that's a good question i've never heard anyone say it out loud till now yeah i've been saying titan just because i don't know but like so we just booked this this award-winning controversial new film it's french right french yes it won where did it win? Uh, it won the Palme d'Or yeah, yeah. at Cannes? Cannes. But it's like a super R-rated oh, yeah, like, thing. It's like Crash-ish. Like not the not that Crash. Not the Oscar-winning Crash. The other Crash. The Canadian the cr- Crash. Yeah, yeah. Like to the point where I almost don't know if I want to see this. Because it looks like uh, body horror kind of sometimes is a little much for me. Uh, it's so funny. It is one of those movies where Lee joked that he was going to make a little drawing of me or like a photo of me (laughs) covering my eyes and going like too scary for josh yeah i thought he was gonna have you turning into a car or something (laughs) for the poster but that would be like the publicity and that would get the kids to come in to see it wow too scary for josh yeah well like i will say it's supposed to be incredible like it's been getting one of those movies that's more than a movie like i don't know not an experience but just you know layers and stuff like that you know where where people i was gonna say people smarter than me but but critics (laughs) who like really know what they're talking about dissecting these things whereas you or i just go in and are like oh that was good you know but that's an example of so i just did it today like a couple hours ago did the website stuff Mm -hmm. for it and there was a couple of 
reviews that in the opening sentence were like, you should go into this movie blind. Don't read this review. I'm giving it three and a half out of four stars. You're like, okay, cool. But there's others where you kind of go, I've done it before for movies that I have seen, so I don't mind. And you read it and you're like, you just gave away like three cool twists. Like, that's not cool. But there's some people who that's what they do. I don't know these people, but who they will read a bunch of reviews, essentially have everything spoiled or laid out for them. And then decide if they want to go to the movie. Yeah, some people need that for horror, though. They need to know what they're expecting yeah. to like really understand, you know. So you won't, I guess, won't get scared or won't be repulsed or whatever. And I mean, at least if it's something like, so for example, like Aladdin or whatever. If you're showing all the stuff that happens in a trailer, you're still gonna get the songs. You're still gonna get Robin Williams. You know, you're still, I guess, to a degree, you know, you yeah. get Gilbert Gottfried, but. You know, for other stuff, yeah, like we're especially like I guess a horror movie. You know, you're, if you show all the kills, you're gonna kind of ruin some of it. You know, although it's still better than the teasers of the teasers, which has become a thing too, where they're like, "Tomorrow we'll have the 30 second teaser trailer. Here's five seconds yeah. of it." I'm like, what? Where are we now? Which trailer was it? One of the Friday the Thirteenth? Was it the Friday the Thirteenth? Where there's a trailer yeah. that just shows every kill. Yeah, well, yeah, because they do the 13. I don't even think they're all kills. I think one, at least one or two of them are attacks, but like yeah. not quite the kill. Or there's like one that counts for two. It's like that well, at the opening scene where the two teenagers get killed. Spoiler, I guess. I think they do that as two. That's but funny. Like, but that was one. I mean, <laughs> that's one kill kind of, you know. To be honest, I don't really watch trailers apart from... Like, the new Cage trailer I'll watch once, but I don't watch a second or third trailer. And for the most part, if it's something like, I trust who I know and certain critics and certain directors, writers, whatever. And I just like, it kind of like what you said, like, I just don't want it to be spoiled. And so, like, Emily loves watching trailers. So I literally will make a trailer playlist for her and send it to her. I'm like, (laughs) let me know which of those looks good to you because I'm not going to watch. And we almost... We just watched Midnight Mass, and I, I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be good, hearing good things, blah, blah, blah. And so she goes to watch the trailer in front of me, and I was like, no, don't no. watch it. And I, like, panicked and got her to stop it. And I was like, okay, well, that was a little bit of an overreaction. But the point is, I don't, I'm like, I've been able to mercilessly avoid spoilers for most things, but it just takes one time, and you're just like, you feel like I almost don't want to watch it anymore. It's so funny you mentioned Midnight Mass, because we all love Mike Flanagan. Oh, I love Flanagan. And... He's a great story where I heard him on, I think, Mick Garris's podcast. The long and short of it is we almost didn't have a Mike Flanagan because he was having some rough times in the mm-hmm. business and bad coworkers and bosses. And he got a couple of shots and the movies super duper flopped. But then <laughs> thankfully, he just took a job and did... Is it just called Ouija 2? Ouija 2? Uh, it was, uh, there was some other tagline. Too, uh, Subtitle like, to it? Yeah, it was some weird, like Ouija the beginning or some weird yeah. thing like that. Yeah. And he made it good. Yeah. Shockingly good. And that led to other things. And now he's Mike Flanagan. But so we're spacing it out for Halloween month. So we're, we're making our way through a couple of horror TV shows mm-hmm. like Sabrina and like Midnight Mass and watching some new uh, Treehouse of Terrors that we haven't seen before and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we went to watch Hush last night because right. i hadn't seen it before and gwen despite not liking horror has watched all this mike flanagan stuff and has braved her way through it mm-hmm. so we start watching it but flanagan being kind of a student of stephen king kind of has this shared universe thing going a little bit so hush starts and we only watch the first four or five minutes and the funny thing is the first thing the two actresses in it are both in midnight mass oh, so yeah. he reuses actors a lot Then the main character is a writer 
and her friend is saying how much she liked her new book, which is called Midnight Mass. Huh. And then they start talking about it. And I grabbed my phone in a panic and paused it. And I looked at Gwen and I went, I might be overthinking this, but those two characters are about to talk about the book Midnight Mass, which is the TV series Midnight Mass in our universe. They might be about to say a couple spoilers for the show, because if that other character went, oh, I love the ending when this happened. Yeah. So we stopped watching the movie five minutes in and said, we'll go back and watch this after we finish Midnight Mass. And then you're going to be like, wait, this was nothing about that. Probably. Show. I actually completely forgot about that. But it might be. like, Imagine if it is. Imagine if you're like, I couldn't believe the killer was. And yeah. so that's kind of a fun thing. But I love Mike Flanagan. And we screened Doctor Sleep a little while back. And it's, again, we don't want to plug TV too much. No. But we like him, so it's okay. Well, and he's one of, like him and... Uh... I'm not going to remember his name. Oh, Frank Darabont. Jeez. Oof, close oh, yeah. One. Yeah, those two are like basically the King adaptation kings. For sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Because like even like Gerald's Game as well was another one where people were like, I, I mean, I didn't, I liked it okay. Like, I mean, I, I could tell it was good, but I, you know, for me it was just fine. But a lot of people said that was unfilmable. Yeah. And just, and, well, in Doctor Sleep as well. I'm pretty sure they said similar things. Oh, it was like, sure. how are yeah. you going to pull that off as a movie? Yeah, and... he's like, I don't know what his choice for his next Stephen King movie will be because he's done two that people thought couldn't be done. Mm -hmm. And even though Dr. Sleep, I think, underperformed a little bit, I don't think yeah. it was a flop. Well, they put it out in November. It like... was so good. That's what he said. I heard him talk about that. He's like, why didn't you put it out before Halloween? <laughs> yeah, and, and why didn't you mention The Shining more? Like, I mean, normally I might think that tacky if you were like, The Shining 2, Dr. Sleep, you know. But if you're trying to just make money, I mean, you know, like the good thing is, Pretty much everyone loved it. And so yes, like yes. not enough people saw it, but now as people have been seeing it, they're like, oh, wow, I really kind of screwed up. I think it'll have legs it. in the sense of once upon a time, it would have had video store legs, but now it'll have legs where the powers that be looking at their ratings points on their streaming services will be like, wow, people keep watching this. Yeah. And the thing is like, I mean, he's uh, like the series that he's done for Netflix have also been well reviewed and done well. So like, it's not like it, oh, he's it's going to yeah. hurt him in any way, but it does kind of suck because that should have been, you know, it, it is a cult classic, but it should have just been a classic. Yeah, and again, this is a controversial statement, but I'm with Stephen King, and we're nothing against The Shining, but because I'm a, a kid of Stephen King books, I see flaws in The Shining movie that I can't help. Yeah. And I like Dr. Sleep a lot more. If you have to pick. It's not fair to pick. You can just not like one thing. But Shining, I can't help but just the flaws that Stephen King had in the characterization with jack nicholson in it yeah of just certain things like that where nothing like not bad i don't hate it but i'm just like yep i like the book better i didn't like this adaptation a lot yeah I've, I've honestly never loved it the movie the shining like it's just it's totally fine and i get it i get why it's so huge but i mean for me the biggest thing is just that jack nicholson appears crazy from the beginning of the exactly movie. yeah and i'm like yeah. i i have no problem buying him as the crazy guy he's great as that but he just seems like unhinged <laughs> yeah. immediately and i'm like when does he descend into madness yeah <laughs> like, no, they missed that part. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> should have done it like a reverse or something where he becomes good or something. Like, I don't know. But, yeah. but you know, it's it's a classic for a reason. But yeah, it's just, it's just on my list of many, many movies where I always kind of come to the defense a little bit about reboots and reimaginings and sequels where I'm like, I don't know, I like a lot of them. Yeah, and it's not like the TV miniseries was amazing either. Like, I yeah. mean, some of it was great. Like, it's that's the thing. Like, there's no perfect version of The Shining. No, and, and who knows... Never say never, because people are like, oh, you. there's certain movies you can never remake. 
And I'm like, I don't know, in 20 years, if some great filmmaker has an idea to remake The Shining on the big screen. Sure. Yeah. And I just find it's, it's something like you know, like Dune, where you're just sort of like, well, that's not even a remake. You know, you're just, you know, you didn't do a perfect version of the source material. So someone else is trying years later. But then everyone, same with it, you know, everyone's calling it a remake. And you're like, well, it's not a remake of a TV movie. <laughs> yeah. I always think it's funny because the new not Coen Brothers Hamlet. Yeah. The new singular Coen Brother Hamlet getting rave reviews already. But you don't call that a remake. Yeah. You don't say the new Hamlet remake is just another interpretation of Hamlet. Yeah, exactly. Well, same with Romeo and Juliet, you know, like. Yeah. (laughs) And guess what? There'll be more. Yeah. (laughs) There'll be more. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I wish we had more like 10 things I hated about you type uh, adaptations, you know, like where where it's like similar enough, but fun and does its own thing. And, you know, but. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let us chat about the movies starting Friday, October 8th, 2021. We have the Ottawa premiere of a new film called Fever Dream, which I will leave the listener to look up what it is, because as we were just talking about, I'm trying to avoid it a bit because it's a very highly acclaimed film and I don't want to know too much about it because I want to come see it. What's the, is there a one line description? Uh, It's like someone has a fever dream. What happens next will shock you. It is. Yeah, I know it's about... (laughs) It's like a mother-son story, like a thriller about a young boy questions this woman trying to make her remember she's not his mother, he's not her son. So it's like a weird false memory thriller. And it's from a filmmaker who won awards at the Berlin International Film Festival and Sundance. So it's got a lot of praise. Man. But it's also one of those ones where it's got kind of a, kind of a mysterious description, but I don't want to know too much about it. Well, you've hyped me up. (laughs) That's already, that already sounds pretty good. Then we have a Spanish film called El Planeta. It looks like a kind of a fun black and white art house comedy. It's about a mother-daughter relationship. And the trailer just looks very much like something you would see out of Sundance in the 90s or something like that. And the opening scene is, I think, the mother character shoplifting. And so that's kind of the movie. It's like this daughter and her crazy mom and the daughter moving into adulthood as the mother is uh, further and further eccentric, and it just looks really fun. And the Josh special, it's 79 minutes. Oh, wow, not even 80. Not even 80, take that. <laughs> That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I-, I was watching uh, Dementia 13 the other day, and it was it was 68 minutes. And oh, I was like, yeah. oh, man, where's Josh? He'd be loving this. <laughs> I admit, unless it's like a Star Wars movie or something like that, I'm happy with 80-minute movies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. So, yeah, so looking forward to those two Ottawa premieres, Fever Dream and El Planeta. And I think you like saying that. El Planeta. <laughs> yes. It makes it sound like a sci-fi film. I thought, and the poster too kind of looks like, when, or at least the teaser poster yeah. or whatever. I was like, is, is this like a cool like <laughs> no. you know, sci-fi revenge? No, it's no, nothing like funny that. funny comedy. Still, <laughs> come see it though. Come see it. <laughs> then a pair of classics for Halloween month. Yes. We have the David Lynch classic Eraserhead, mm. which holds a special place in my heart because I saw it the first time here when I was 13 or 14. And it is maybe the movie that I use as my repeat joke of watching a movie when you're a kid and being conscious enough of going, I think I'm too young to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, or, or it makes me think of like when Homer is like, brilliant, brilliant. I have no idea what's <laughs> <exactly>. going on. <laughs> yeah. You sit there with your more highbrow teenage friends <laughs> who are dissecting it at the coffee shop and you're just nodding going, yeah. yes, yeah. I concur. It's like, so did he really have the eraser on his head? Like I couldn't <laughs> yeah. really follow. But it's amazing that David Lynch did that 
it's the epitome of a no budget yeah kind oh, of film definitely almost a student film essentially mm-hmm. from what i understand and then a handful of years later is directing dune this giant yeah. sci-fi epic it's it's very weird like i mean you could you talk about a filmography where you could pick three different movies and have them be just totally different in every possible way yeah and that he was offered the gig of directing return of the jedi oh, i wish i man. wish oh my god although i guess he could have been like more of a hired gun like because i mean that's what they said about whoever it was that actually uh i can't remember his name but anyway they said it was basically oh, yeah. like it was lucas directing through the guy it was like a like a company man choice for sure yeah so and, that wouldn't have been you know and then since then despite not always having the biggest box office hits he's managed to luck out and i guess just because the studios like having the name david lynch i'm not sure which of his films were actually big hits but he's pretty much managed to do what he's wanted to for a long time mm-hmm. and sometimes it gets delayed because of budgets or whatever like the twin peaks Season three yeah. took a long time because, you know, there were some battles with budgets and oh, yeah. scheduling and, he, and he episodes. Walked, yeah, and yeah, so briefly. And now, like, there's there's rumblings of more Twin Peaks or another movie. But I think sometimes he's just happy to be old David Lynch and direct weird short films. And it's been a while since he's had, like, a studio film. It's been mm-hmm. quite some time. Yeah, and even, like, well, it's funny because, like, I mean, the HBO series, I mean, those were basically movies, like, oh, yeah. one-hour movies. And, I mean... And it's funny to think now, you can almost laugh about the fact that he initially walked over control or money or probably both. And then to have, like, you actually got what you got. And so, I mean, I've never seen Twin Peaks, but I mean, people who were insane fans were losing it over that last season. And just to think that wouldn't have happened or to think of Lynch not doing it, but it's still coming out. And it's just, you know, you can't just replace someone like that. I could see everything that non-fans or the powers that be at the studio would be like what yeah but i loved it like i I really loved it yeah i just don't have the commitment to get into that world i feel like it's just such an undertaking if i were to start twin peaks from scratch now it's just oh yeah i don't think i have the brain for it and it's not too long it's only two seasons on network television from Mm -hmm. back in the day and then one season now and the movie and the movie yeah that's true yeah Eraserhead is a classic. If you haven't seen it, seeing it on the big screen with a, with a, even a, a minimal crowd <laughs> yeah. as there is nowadays is definitely something you're not going to forget. And it's, it's to check off your checklist of movies to see theatrically. Yeah. That's one of them. Yeah, definitely. So finally, this week, we have one of my favorites of all time, Evil Dead 2, mm. uh, screening as part of our package celebrating the 40th anniversary of the franchise. Army of Darkness will be coming up next week. Evil Dead 2 is... Such an important movie for my geek childhood, my geek teen years, because my friends and I watched it eight bazillion times. Yeah, It's such a great do-it-yourself movie. It's so fun. Bruce Campbell really comes into his own. Yeah, You see Sam Raimi coming into his own, and camera tricks used there have been used in big-budget Spider-Man films and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just walks this line of, comedy and horror so well yeah where it's really scary but then really goofy and fun and yeah it's great it's yeah. it's one of the best all of the stuff that it references as well is great like i always think of the jason and the argonauts skeletons you know like he's clearly got so many uh influences on on display in that movie and and future movies as well yeah and they're an interesting trilogy because they're so different because evil dead is again almost a student film horror film yeah and then two is almost a remake of part one but with kind of some bigger effects and more professional type actors and crew. Way more tongue-in-cheek as well than the first one. And then three reveals that 
Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and Rob Tappert didn't really love horror movies as much as they loved those old Ray Harryhausen type movies. Mm-hmm. And Army of Darkness becomes kind of more of like a adventure film. Yeah. So I, I love them all for all their different reasons. But... Yeah. And maybe I was thinking about Army of Darkness when I was probably ah! But uh, the How point is, you? I'm, you know, to be honest, like I kind of jam two and three into one movie. For me, they're just like a fever dream thing. <laughs> and like without spoiling anything, if anybody somehow hasn't seen these, but Sam Raimi talked about how you can chop the first movie in half and then cut the end off of part two mm-hmm. and they can link together. Yeah. But separately, they do not. Separately, they're, they're this weird, each is in its own multiverse almost. Yeah. And there's a couple of different like cuts of well, the third one, especially. But like, I would find that weird. It was sort of funny. I was having this argument last night with my friend who insists that the first Evil Dead is also hilarious. And I was like, I <laughs> mean, I don't find it funny. Yeah. And I'm just... Like, I guess if you had, like, an arms crossed, you know, like, ah, you know, watching it during the daytime, making fun, kind of, uh, maybe. But just for me, like, I, I think I'm incapable of, you know, you can sort of chuckle for 20 minutes, but, I mean, some of that stuff gets so intense. Like, oh, yeah. And even even now, I would find that very hard to dismiss, you know, in and the you right can feel it. Like, you can feel that intensity when you're watching it in a cinema. Oh, definitely. We had a couple walkouts the other night, and I don't think it was because they didn't like the movie. I think it's because somebody got too scared. Yeah, well, and, it, and especially, like, yeah, in the last half hour or so, you know, like, it's just ratchets up the tension, and it's, even if you want, because, I mean, I think in this kind of environment, maybe you do want to laugh to kind of get out of that tension, but you can't really, like, not when, especially when you're trapped in a dark theater. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different movie than, say, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. which has definite humor in it, sure. especially the later ones, or even, like, you know, Scream, those kind of movies. Yeah, I think Evil Dead original is horror yeah evil ed 2 is comedy horror mm-hmm. and then part three is like comedy monster movie yeah with like an adventure vibe you know like, yeah I, it, it seems like more like one of those ray harryhausen kind of things definitely yeah but yeah so that is our week for october 8th fever dream and planeta and <laughs> got one more in there <laughs> and two halloween month movies with the racer head and evil dead 2 evil Dead 2 is not actually called evil dead 2 dead by dawn that's just on the poster it's like Die Hard. Mm. Die Hard 2, Die Harder. And then you go see the movie and you're like, wait a minute, this is just called Die Hard 2. Yeah, like Bad Boys, What You Gonna Do. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I thought that was the title. I'm like, wow, that made me look pretty dumb. Fool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's wrap things up for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find updated information at mayfairtheater.ca and on all our social media, unless the social media goes down again, as mm. it did yesterday. True. Too many people going to the Mayfair website, obviously. Yeah. Man, people panic with six hours of Facebook going down. I'm like, God, you guys got to calm down. Yeah, you got to take a breath there, I (laughs) think. And we will see you back here soon at the Mayfair Theater for more cool Halloween month screenings and normal movies, too, if you don't like scary stuff. Hooray. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, we forgot to say that somebody bought that Jim Lee artwork for $5.1 million. Uh Maybe that's the big news. Nope. It's that it was Nicolas Cage who bought it, and this is not a joke. Nick, what did I tell you about buying $5 million comic books? He only had $5.2 million to his name. Oh, Nick. Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening, something so deadly, something so evil, we prayed it would never happen again.
Now, from the creator of Evil Dead, comes Evil Dead 2. Swallow your soul! Evil Dead 2. Dead by Dawn.